0: Hey, it's your host, Brittany, and welcome to the Mom Sweat Sanity Podcast, where we talk all things life, health, fitness, kids, relationships, you name it, nothing is off the table. A little bit of just me and a whole lot of knowledgeable guests. So throw on your Lulu's to run or to mom, grab yourself a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and join us as we unpack life's pressing topics and learn a little bit more of the who, what, why's of it all. Or at the very least, get real, share some wisdom, and grab practical tips to help in our daily lives. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Today, I am sitting back down with Dr. Sarah Harbottle, naturopathic doctor. She is debunking all the hormonal barriers to weight loss, thoughts, misconceptions, and truths. We went into some conversations with regards to all the different hormones from stress to sex hormones to the thyroid there really is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to weight loss and hormonal barriers as each and every one of us are so different, but she gave us a good perspective on things that we can look for and start to change within our daily routines from the beginning. And as you dive into your own hormonal panel, then that is when you can actually get clear on a real regime for yourself be that if your cortisol's are high or you have some thyroid issues or your sex hormones are all over the map as you can see your prescription in terms of health and weight loss due to these will look extremely different for everyone. But I hope that in this conversation with her, she is able to give you some food for thought on how to help address some of your weight loss misconceptions and how to be a little bit kinder to yourself. Make sure you're getting that sleep. Make sure you're not overexercising and always remember to fuel your body tune in now. So today I'm here with Dr. Sarah Harbottle. Thank you so much for coming back. I'm so happy to have you here again. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. It was such a great talk conversation back in December. So I know that we are going to have another great one today. We are diving into hormonal barriers as to how it affects um, weight loss stressors. I'm just going to let Dr. Harbuttle here take the lead. So um, you all know, Sarah, if not dive back to December's Mm -hmm. episode, and you'll get a brief bio on her. But again, thanks for coming back.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure. And yeah, so just briefly, I'm a naturopathic doctor in Vancouver, my husband and I own a clinic um, that's located in Dunbar called Life Integrative. Um, But right now I'm seeing patients in person. At the clinic and also via telemedicine so if you live in bc then we can chat um, by a phone or via tele, uh, telehealth so yeah so we were chatting before about diet and exercise and weight loss and sort of that picture of what happens when you feel like you're eating really well and exercising consistently and you're just you know not seeing the results that you want to see or you feel like you're spinning your wheels in that case, we want to look at what's happening with your hormones. So actually, when I I don't focus on diet very much in my practice, um, unless it's um for a therapeutic reason. So to improve digestion or improve cognition or something to that effect. But when people come to me and they want to discuss how they can lose weight, we look at, okay, well, let's let's look at your hormones. Let's look at what's going on there, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in that person that is. Um, that feels like they're eating, you know, nutrient dense food and exercising consistently and appropriately for where they're at um, in life. So the hormones that we'll look at always there's a number of them. <laughs> we're complex things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In that situation, we're going to look at your thyroid hormones. Uh, we're going to look at your stress hormones, your adrenal hormones. Um, we'll look at your sex hormones, so your estrogen and your progesterone and the ratio between the two, which we touched on um, previously. Uh, we'll look at your testosterone um, and how you're eating to support that. And we'll look at your hunger hormones, so um, leptin and ghrelin and how you're sleeping and what that looks like because that will, that will affect your hormones as well. And last but not least, we might consider insulin and um, blood sugar regulation. So, yeah, I mean, it's a fairly, it's a fairly yeah. loaded topic. So uh, many things
0: that can affect it. So obviously not just a one one fix for all either, I'm sure.
1: No, and I think that's the thing that we forget about, right? Like I think there was so much talk before and you, you still hear it to this day of like, it's just a matter of calories in and calories mm-hmm. out. Well, that's completely really false, especially for women, right? We have such an intricate Physiology that's controlled so extensively by our hormones that we want to make sure that we're looking at that when we look at weight management.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And even I find like as women for sure, but then even as we change in age and our hormone structures change or before children as to after children, like everything is a constant, in
1: constant motion. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think this yeah. is something that we forget is our bodies are changing, they change daily. They change yearly. Um, And we want to support that rather than work against it. And so that's always my biggest thing when I deal with patients, whether it's weight loss or digestion or or stress or what have you, it's looking at how do we work with our body rather than against it. Hmm. I think so often with weight loss strategies that are out there, we're actually working against our physiology. Um, and that's where you see that picture of you're spinning your wheels. And we had talked about this before when we spoke about adrenal health. But you know, looking at that that person that is maybe out running for two hours a day, or or an hour and a half a day, or doing marathons frequently, it's looking at okay, well, what's you know what's that doing to your physiology? What's that doing to your stress hormones? And then in turn, if you're doing that for a, for a weight loss purpose, how does that play into all of that? And whether or not that is supportive or is it hindering? Mm -hmm. Um, Your weight loss, right? So it always goes back to that notion that the body is really smart Mm -hmm. and everything it does will be to protect, right? It's got mechanisms built in to ensure survival, right? So we want to work with the body rather than against it. So a couple of things that I would look at When looking at sort of stubborn weight loss. So first and foremost, I'd look at the thyroid. So what's happening there, right? With thyroid health, typically in conventional medicine, they'll look at TSH as a marker of thyroid health. From a naturopathic perspective, we go a little further and we want to look at TSH, T3 and T4. And see how all of those are working together. Your thyroid is is sort of your your it's responsible for metabolism and energy and body temperature and weight. And if that's out of range, and one thing to keep in mind there is a conventional range is quite broad, whereas a naturopathic range is quite tight. So we want to see that that range value to be quite narrow. So you know, looking at whether or not if you're experiencing sort of stubborn weight loss or inability inability to lose weight despite your best efforts. Um, you want to see where your thyroid is sitting there. Are
0: there other um, symptoms um, like for me at home to be able to identify possible high, um, thyroid issues, hypo, hypo? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So a perfect example would be um, someone who's feeling quite tired, has gained weight despite you know eating well and exercising well. Uh, maybe has dry skin, um, brittle hair or hair loss. And that's sort of a, a more typical thyroid picture or low functioning thyroid picture. Okay, yeah. Um, so in that case, we run labs. So we'd look at your TSH and then potentially your T3 and your T4 um, and see where those values come in. Treatment for a low functioning or a suboptimal Thyroid would be looking at diet and lifestyle and herbs, and then prescriptions depending on on, on how out of range your thyroid is. Mm-hmm. So that would be the first the first thing that I would look at. The second that I would look at, and usually this is done in an initial visit, is really examining your stress, right? And you and I spoke about this in a previous episode. But looking at okay, what's your stress like right now? If you were to rate it on a scale of one to ten, where where do you sit? You know, are you Experiencing chronic stress throughout the day and throughout the month or the year or what have you? Is it long-term chronic stress and what does that look like in terms of your Your symptoms, right? And we spoke about this in our last episode, but, you know, there are various stages of, call it adrenal dysregulation, basically, or burnout, burnout being the last stage. But the first stage would be where you're feeling quite anxious and your cortisol is actually shooting up to um, a range that's making you feel um, more wired. The second stage is where that level starts to drop and you're feeling quite tired and quite lethargic and maybe experiencing some, you know, an inability to cope with stress in the way that you otherwise would and some weight gain, difficulty sleeping. And then we get into the third stage, which is more of a burnout stage where you're just feeling exhausted all the time. And just jumping back, you know, the ad- adrenal gland is, um, is responsible for the output cortisol and cortisol is our fight or flight Hormone, right? So, if you're under chronic stress, the amount of cortisol that's being released, you know, at first it might be released uh, in sort of a, an amount that is more than you need, and then over time, you know, the adrenal glands will will experience sort of a not a burnout—that's the wrong word—but will function suboptimally and start to release sort of not enough mm-hmm. cortisol.
0: I know, out of personal experience, I I was under that that fight or flight stress for a while. And then the other, you know, the burnout feeling, the everything else came almost a year afterwards mm-hmm. when finally I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I couldn't lose the weight. My body was just totally done and empty.
1: Yeah, you know, and your body is smart, right? It's it's trying to conserve energy because of the fact that, you know, you're under high stress. So it's not it's not necessarily trying to work against you it's just that it's saying hey there's a problem here and we need to address it yeah listen (laughs) right listen and I think so often we forget that right and so you know when you when you support the adrenals and we spoke about this in the last conversation but it, it looks at okay well first of all what are you eating and how can we Change that around so that it supports your adrenal health. So the adrenals like regularity. So, you know, no intermittent fasting, for example. Um, You know, how are you exercising? If you're overdoing it, Mm -hmm. maybe you're contributing more stress to the picture. And so looking at, okay, is the the exercise that you're doing appropriate for Mm -hmm. where you're at from a stress perspective? And then supporting with, um, you know, various different vitamins and herbs and what have you to really support and nourish that whole system. Um, You know, other big things that we spoke about last time that are involved in adrenal health and bringing that whole cortisol picture down are reframing our stressors, right? So changing how you think about something, mind-body techniques, meditation, deep breathing, all of that will bring that sort of fight or flight reaction um, down to a level that is more supportive for the adrenal glands.
0: And it feels so opposite in the world of weight loss, and mm. and and that because you you think, or as we've been conditioned through the years to think, the more we move our bodies, the more we run, the more we you know do this oh, and this perfect. and this will help yeah. us lose weight. Opposed to the opposite, sometimes we actually need to sit still and Less. calm ourselves.
1: Yeah. 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 And that's exactly right. And it goes, it goes to that notion of calories in, calories out. But again, it doesn't work that way, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's not eat less, move more, per se. Because if you're in a state where you're under chronic stress and have been for a long period of time, that eat less, move more is actually going to create more stress in your body. And it's going to further that picture, right? And again, the body is smart and it's trying to protect you. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So we want to work with that and say, okay, hey, you don't, you know, you don't need to try to conserve and protect right now. So we want to nourish that and you know, not run for two hours or not push ourselves past that point with exercise where we're feeling entirely depleted. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's just such a, a common misconception
0: then, you know, of that that push more, keep pushing. And if if we were you know, if we listened to our gut, listened to, to how we were actually feeling more often, we would probably be so much further ahead as to where we really want to be
1: in the end. <laughs> you know, and this is something that even as a naturopathic doctor, I still have to think about and remind myself about because I'm so conditioned to that, okay, if you just run more or if you exercise more or if you eat less, then you're going you're gonna to see these results. And it always goes the other way for me. And it's funny how you have to be told and taught so many times to uh, yeah, you know, totally. do something different, but it's just, just conditioning it's so of a new habit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for myself, every time that I kind of relax a little bit and focus on my stress and, you know, instead of a long run, maybe I do uh, yoga or Pilates or what have you, the, the results Are really night and day in terms of how my body responds to that. And again, everyone's going to be individual. Um, So I'm not saying that don't do a hit or a long run, you know, and do do, uh, yoga instead, and that's going to help you to lose weight. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that it's really looking at what your individual picture is. For me, that, that is actually beneficial for me to do something a little bit less intense.
0: So I'd imagine that as we're all kind of coming to you um, with our you know, weight loss queries and hormonal barriers, preemptively has gone out the door because now we are seeing you as we've just discussed, we know what we should be doing preemptively and we aren't always that good on doing that. So you're going to run some panels on the blood, on the thyroid. What are the other common things that you end up seeing um, when women are stifled with that weight loss barrier? Yeah. So
1: the first thing that we would do is do an initial assessment where we run through um, a full health history, right? So we look at, um, you know, family history as a factor, especially with thyroid. Um, we'll look at your stress. We'll look at how you're sleeping. We'll look at your diet. We'll look at your digestion. We'll look at your periods. And even just that subjective where the talking about it really gives me a lot of information in terms of what's going on. Based on that, then I'll run labs depending on what I think we need to see. So it's not in every case that I'm going to run a full panel of labs. It's looking at, okay, what have you told me you know, and what do I need to run based on what you've told me? So the other thing we'll look at, and this will be more identified with a subjective analysis of what's happening in, in women, and obviously, mm-hmm. um, with their periods, is, you know, what's happening with your estrogen and progesterone? And I can get a lot of information just by someone saying, okay, this is what my periods look like, they're however many days in length they're super heavy, or they're light, or they're painful, or I have a lot of PMS, all of that tells me, okay, what's happening with your estrogen and your progesterone and the ratio of the two, you know, that, that ratio of estrogen and progesterone can really affect weight loss as well, hmm. right, or weight gain, as the case may be. So, you know, with estrogen and progesterone, we want them to be balanced in such a way that estrogen is not dominant in relation to progesterone, right? So they're not equal, but we want that ratio to be at a certain level. Um, obviously, as we go through life, that changes, right? So you can have, in particular in perimenopause, that ratio can change, right? So estrogen can become do- more dominant um, in relation to progesterone as those two are declining. You can also have an estrogen dominance picture if you are, uh, like just with lifestyle, for example. So looking at estrogens are in our environment, for example, mm-hmm. I know you've toxins. accessed on the show um, before that talked about that. Yeah. Um, but looking at that, looking at birth control, you know, all of these things are going to going to incre- uh, contribute to our estrogen load, and so looking at how that, you know, how that translates to what our periods look like. So sometimes with that, I don't run labs. I I will base um, my treatment based off, uh, on sort of what the what the uh, patient has said. Mm-hmm. So, but both of those are going to have an impact on weight loss our estrogen and a progesterone and the ratio of the two.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And those are something that you can't control until you, yeah, go, go down that path with you to actually discover if something is off.
1: Yeah. I mean, it. you know, it's, it's having that, um, that person that's specialized that really understands what's happening to sort of walk you through it um, you know, and looking at how that then relates to your gut function and your liver function and how you, you know, the, the detoxification pathways of your estrogen in particular. So it's a fairly, um, not complicated, but, um, uh, sort of specialized. Mm -hmm. So many parts to that. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that we want to keep in mind when we talk about hormones is all of them are going to talk to each other. So they're not working in isolation. So, you know, if your adrenal health is off, if you're under chronic stress, that's going to eventually affect your thyroid health and it's going to eventually affect your sex hormones, right? So it's looking at how we approach it and how we treat and which one we treat first and how that has a downstream effect on all of them. That I find it super interesting, but it's a fairly involved discussion.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Our body, a well oiled machine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Something yeah. that I am learning more also on is sleep. I was never like, I need to go to bed at this time, if I need to get up at this time. And I have really just begun to make that switch. And it's amazing how much better I feel in already just a short amount of time from doing mm-hmm. this. So, mm-hmm. How does sleep play on our hormonal health, on on our weight gain, our weight loss, all of of those above?
1: So sleep is always a big one for me. Um, You know, when I I do an initial visit with a patient and actually in every other visit subsequent to that, we look at, okay, how are you sleeping? So we want to look at the amount of sleep and the quality of sleep, right? Sleep is going to have a big impact on our circadian rhythm. Looking at our um, cortisol and melatonin, it's also going to have a big impact on our hunger hormones and on our insulin. So our hunger hormones being leptin and ghrelin. So if you think of ghrelin as being the I'm hungry hormone and as leptin of being the I'm full hormone with limited or deficient sleep over a long period of time, those two are going to be affected. So you might notice that if you've slept poorly for a couple of days that you're really hungry. And yeah, that's because totally. of the effect that it has on these hunger hormones. So, you know, if someone is, again, eating well, exercising consistently, but burning the candle at both ends and not sleeping well, that will have a significant impact on their weight in particular because their, their full, fullness signals will be interrupted, right? Awesome. So more of that, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry.
0: That's so true. After such a bad night of sleep, you're just, yeah, I wake up. I'm like, okay, hey, well, I'm going to start eating sooner. But then like it triggers something that you just want more and more and more yeah. throughout the day. Yeah.
1: Interesting. So with all of my patients that um, are looking at weight loss as a, a goal, we look at sleep. We focus on sleep, right? And if, if sleep is short um, or if the quality of sleep is poor, um, we will treat that.
0: It's interesting until you're into that, you don't you never really associate sleep with, you know, everything else. Obviously, you know, you have to do it and you, once you get tired, but it's reconditioning your brain to realize that you need to go to bed sooner so that mm-hmm. you can actually feel refreshed when you wake up opposed to, you know, the walking zombie that then needs to eat more and more.
1: <laughs> uh, and sleep also has has a big impact on your stress, your stress hormones, right? Your cortisol has a big big impact on insulin and insulin resistance and blood sugar and top on my list of priorities when I'm treating patients.
0: Well, and then it makes sense, I guess, with the insulin and the blood sugar um, with regards to that ghrelin and not sleeping enough. And if you're going to be eating more, then you're raising the insulin and blood sugars differently as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it relates more to um, you know, affecting our circadian rhythm and also our fasting blood sugar and our fasting insulin, right? It'll have an effect on that, lack of lack of sleep or short sleep, which then has an effect on your leptin and your ghrelin mm-hmm. levels. So yeah, and they're all interrelated, right?
0: So then you also mentioned intermittent fasting briefly, um, with regards to not the best thing to do when you're doing this. So can you just touch a bit on that? Cause I know it is such a, a common phrase these
1: days. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not, I'm not against intermittent fasting. I just think that it needs to be specific and individualized, right? So with all diets, In my mind, it's never a one-size-fits-all approach. What works or is beneficial for someone might be detrimental for someone else. Women are hormonally complex. And again, as we talked about before, we want to support that rather than take away from that. So, you know, in the case of someone that is chronically stressed or putting their body through significant stress, um, maybe intermittent fasting is the wrong way to go because, in that situation, the body actually craves regular meals and regularity generally, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, consistent sort of um, blood sugar, right? Um, and whether or not in, intermittent fasting is the appropriate diet for that person is. Yeah, absolutely. I would say no. I would say no from that perspective. But for someone that is not struggling with. Um, sort of adrenal dysfunction and um, symptoms of chronic stress, maybe it is appropriate for them, right? So again, it's all individualized. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big thing for me with diet. It's wanting to, to be more intuitive with how we eat. And as part of that, that means looking at what's happening with our hormones and with our um, bodies as a whole.
0: And I find when you are more intuitive, you know, I don't eat at the same time every day, but I realize that some days I'm like, I'm hungry now and I need to eat like Mm -hmm. opposed to, you know, like, no, I'm not going to like break my fast till noon or Mm -hmm. you really need to be able to listen to those cues so that you don't, as you say, burn the candle at both ends either.
1: Yeah. And I think part of, um, you know, as I said earlier, I don't really, I don't really like diets or, um, the word, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like the word and I don't necessarily like a prescriptive diet or something that you have to follow. Um, because I think it takes away from our signals, um, our sort of more intuitive signals of like, okay, I didn't sleep well last night and my body is hungrier and maybe it needs this, or I'm under a lot of stress. And so what does that look like for me? And I'm not saying that means like go snack on the bag of chips or the, 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 Carton of Hagandas, but it's looking at okay, what what is my body trying to tell me right now? Mm-hmm. Right? Why am I craving sugar? Why am I craving salt? Why am I more, more hungry? And then, you know, treat or address the root of that, right? Rather than trying to say, nobody this is what we're doing. I'm gonna force you to eat this way and I'm gonna cut out X, Y, Z. And then you're really not addressing, you know, how your body wants to function. So again, going back to that point of if we support our body rather than work against it, um, you're going to have a better outcome. I think, okay, and it, it all makes sense. Obviously, with all of that, you know, how are you know, what are your moods like? Um, you know, we we can't sort of look at the um, weight loss without looking at how are we functioning generally in the world. Are we happy? Regardless of how we look. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So and that's a that's a whole other, you know it's a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah, a whole other ball of wax. Totally going inwards and making sure that you're doing everything for the right reasons, absolutely too. But um, so I guess when we're addressing all of this as a whole and taking some key points out to make that transition into our you know, hormonal barriers, looking at the weight loss journey, how, how we got here from last year when we were here and suddenly, you know, like so many people are experiencing weight gain through these, this last year of COVID and so much change and stress yeah, and stress. Uh, and stre- yeah. The cortisol. So you're is ready, um, acknowledging all of that. And then how yes. do we
1: move forward through this season? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, if you are someone that feels like, okay, well, I'm doing everything that I was doing before. I feel like I'm exercising well, appropriately. I don't feel like I'm overdoing it. Uh, I'm eating well, nutrient dense meals, you know, but I'm not seeing the results that I would expect to receive or to see. Then that's where I would suggest, okay, well, let's go further and let's take a look at what's happening with hormones and then have that full initial assessment or assessment generally of, Okay, well, what's happening from a hormonal perspective? You know, let's look at my, let's look at your thyroid. Let's look at your adrenal health. Let's look at your sex hormones. Let's analyze your sleep and figure out what's going on there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, and if further testing needs to be done, then that can be done. hmm
0: And I guess on another level too, as we get to certain um, numbers and age, we have to be honest with ourselves as to, yeah, our bodies are changing and those hormonal changes and influxes and decreasing and everything within our bodies actually will happen. And so, as you say, getting screened, going through that process is actually something that will help answer a lot of questions internally also.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's a way to support those changes, right? So, you know, if you look at perimenopause as an example, where we do have significant changes in hormones, um, it's looking at how do we support that transition so that we can still feel like our best version of ourselves, Mm. Um, either in terms of, um, or both, I should say, in terms of how we look and also how we feel, right? So it's not saying, okay, there's going to be these changes and you just have to live with it. It's saying, okay, there's going to be some changes and let's look at how we can support that,
0: right? It's not a quick fix. We're we're here to not look at the word diet as a negative thing. We're looking at it as a lifestyle and there are changes that we can help move forward positively with. But um, yeah, it's not just that crash diet or running a marathon that's going to fix it. You
1: yeah, actually might thing, hinder it. <laughs> exactly. And the thing too is, again, it's always looking at age and stage, right? So maybe that crash diet when you were 20 or 25 or what have you really worked. But, you know, after however many years of stress and hormonal changes, maybe that's not going to be the right thing for you. Actually, I'm going to say that a crash diet is never the right thing for you. Yeah, <laughs> Totally.
0: <laughs> What was that one? The cayenne pepper and lemon or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So many bad things out there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And you go again, it's looking at, okay, well, what works for someone might not work for me because I'm an entirely different individualized person with different hormonal considerations. I love so that. Weight loss That's so true. Always looking at hormones every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: individualized. And one, one does not fit all ever.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah the other thing that we didn't talk about that obviously factors into it is you know the the level of testosterone um you know if your testosterone is low, that's going to sort of have more of a weight gain component to it to it or a um harder ability to lose weight, so it's looking at how you support that as well so
0: and are there other ways to support testosterone other than um hormone of testosterone. I know, you know, that well, yeah, females I mean, is a bit of a scary yeah. word.
1: <laughs> look at diet and what kind of exercise you're doing, um, you know, looking at increasing your muscle mass with mm-hmm. weight bearing activities and things like that, right? Okay. There are herbs um that are really um supportive for testosterone, but again, it would be looking at whether or not that's an appropriate consideration mm-hmm. um, for the individual. Mm-hmm. So
0: And again, yeah, weight, lifting, lifting weights as we age, too, is so much more beneficial than we ever really thought of in the past.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, again, going back to that sort of 80s, 90s, Jane Fonda, let's exercise. <laughs> an <hour> and <laughs> Leotard and-, and-, and yogurt. And that's going to get us where we want to where we want to go to. Well, no, it's not awesome
0: well thank you i think that you gave so much to think about and that weight loss is just not a one size fits all and that there are so many more things to think about than just get out and work work out harder and eat less um you're probably doing yourself such a a negative thing by thinking that way and so if we can all just start to change our conceptions and um misconceptions Mm -hmm. then um and call
1: Dr. Harbottle to <laughs> discuss your uh, I mean, hormonal. It, right, is looking at okay. There's no sense in being frustrated, mm-hmm. right? um If you just feel like you're spinning your spinning your wheels, then go that next step, and you know, seek advice from a naturopathic doctor in particular, mm-hmm. um so that you don't feel like you're find your answers. There's help. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Everything will be linked in the show notes for you to go and find Dr. Sarah Harbottle. And if you have been enjoying my podcast, please take 30 seconds to rate and review. It would be so greatly appreciated. See you next week. You can find me on Instagram at MomSweatSarah.